And we are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Facebook Live. We are alive, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Uh, we come to you uh, every day, supposedly, at 2 p.m. Arizona time, currently Pacific time, after daylight saving times is over, then Mountain Standard time. We're as confused as you are. We don't know where ti- what time it is where you are, and we're not going to ask. So don't ask us what time it is where we are. We were not on yesterday. Yesterday we were not on. Yesterday we took the day off. We didn't get up and start the day thinking we would take the day off. A couple things. Usually Saturday we come on at 7 p.m. We originally started doing that at the beginning. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Hello, Brother Jer. Hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Um, We started doing Saturday nights at 7 because there was so little entertainment being produced early in the pandemic, early in the quarantine, early in the coronavirus, that we thought maybe we'd give people things to do on Saturday night. But here's what we discovered. Hello, Puneet. Um, We discovered, by the way, if you want me to say hi, you know, you click on and wave and I'll wave back at you. What we discovered was that uh, as time went on, there were things for people to do and watch and see on Saturday night, and it became one of our most least watched shows. So we were talked about moving to Saturday at 2, but we talked about let's take a day off. So we will be, ta- be taking Saturdays off on a regular basis. So six days a week, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Monday through Friday plus Sunday, we will be here with you. I'm a little out of breath. I'm a little out of breath because uh, it takes a lot of breath, first off, to talk nonstop for a half hour. But damn it, let's face it. If anybody could talk nonstop for a half hour, it's me. But I also just took my dog, Roscoe, who's uh, half lab and half pit. Mostly lab if you don't like pits. Uh, mostly pit if you don't like labs. Uh, I don't know what he is. He's just a dog. He's just a sweet, nice, decent dog. I took him for a walk. thinking think it was still going to be cool out like it has the last couple of days. It was not. It is triple digits, low triple digits, manageable triple digits. Arizona, oh, this is fine triple digits. In other words, right around 100 and uh, humid, and the air is uh, filthy. Yesterday, I got up and went outside, and there was ash in the air here in our little town on the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona. Ash in the air from the fires in Washington, Oregon, and California. Uh, we're getting updates from fr- some friends of ours uh, via Facebook of what's going on up in Portland. Uh, two things to mention about Portland, both protests and pyrotechnics. The protests are not as insane as they look. They are only covering small sections, small sections of the city. The city, for the most part, is functioning. Is there a lot of dissension? And social media unrest and political turmoil, yes. But for the most part, the city of Portland is functioning. Now to the fires. It is affecting the air quality seriously in Portland. And our hearts are broken. Having toured Oregon many, many times in the 80s and 90s, I worked for a booking agent. He used to book a lot of one-nighters in uh, Washington and Oregon. And I've been all over, all over that beautiful, beautiful state. I am sad and heartbroken to see uh, this uh, uh, incredible, terrible destruction of of so much forest land, loss of life, lives upended as whole towns are immolated. 
Uh, it is heartbreaking to watch. I take no joy. I take no pleasure in seeing it in California. I no, take no joy or pleasure seeing it in Oregon. I take no joy or pleasure in seeing Houston hit with hurricanes and floods. I get no joy or pleasure seeing North Carolina's outer banks flattened every few years by hurricanes. I don't. I take no joy and pleasure out of seeing a power lines snapped in the Midwest from ice storms. I take no joy and pleasure in seeing entire towns ripped up by tornadoes in Oklahoma. And if you do, this ain't the show for you. Americans help one another. You know, uh, for a long time, people go, I wouldn't live in California because of the earthquake. And then they lived right in Tornado Alley. Go and live in California because, you know, all the weirdos. And, you know, and there's weirdos where you live. Recently in the town where I live, a um, God help us. God help us. A group of uh, 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 sexual predators. And you know what? And th these, were not, these were not the Illuminati. These were not. These were not uh, uh, people walking the halls of power. These were just your garden variety creeps and weirdos were busted here. So don't talk to me about California being full of weirdos. There is an evenly distributed amount of weirdos throughout our nation. So anyway, uh, our hearts go out to all the folks who are suffering in Southern California, Northern California, throughout Oregon, Washington, throughout the West. <coughs> uh, our hearts go out to them. Uh, if you don't think that climate change Look, I get it. You know, I get denial. I get denial. I do. I do. I'm a sober alcoholic. <coughs> Alcoholics know about denial. We, I got out of, before I got sober, I would get out of jail for being drunk in the morning and be drunk by the afternoon. Jerry, my brother Jerry says he stay here because he's weird. Yeah, but you're the good kind of weird. You're that creative, crazy kind of weird. Um... I know about denial. I've known friends who have had a good life and then said, I can drink again, then end up living under a fucking bridge. And go, no, I'm okay, really. I just got to get it together. I know about denial. And a huge part of this country lives in denial. The same kind of denial that kills people who are alcoholics. People go, there's no such thing as global warming. Uh, Donald Trump is really a good, doing a good job. You're living in denial. If you think you can take a finite sphere like the planet Earth whose atmosphere is finite and self-contained, which is why we're alive, because there's an atmosphere, and continue to dump massive amounts of shit into that atmosphere, and it's not going to change things, you got another thing coming. Don't talk to me about common sense. Well, you know what I go on? I go on common science. If you... Do, if you <laughs> If ye, I'm starting to sound like a uh, progressive Jeff Foxworthy. If ye think just because someone had diabetes and then contracted COVID and they died, they died of diabetes, you might lack common sense. If ye think you can keep dumping carbon over and over, carbon dioxide and all sorts of chemicals into the atmosphere and it's not going to change the atmosphere, you might lack common sense. Okay. Anyway, uh, a little out of breath because I walked Roscoe. Uh, I was always, you know, that's always was a question for me when I lived in, uh, you know, L.A., Los Angeles really dealt with a lot of the uh, air pollution situation that it had in the 70s with one simple major fix. So when I moved to Los Angeles in the 70s, I lived in Hollywood. 
I lived right at the base of the Hollywood Hills. And you, and matter of fact, I lived right where the Hollywood Hills started. You actually went uphill to get my apartment complex. Last compl- uh, uh, apartment complex before you got into the hills where the mansions were. And you could not see the Hollywood sign most days. Could not see it. I had a, uh, a friend I used to drive to uh, work at a hospital in Glendale, Arizona. And after about two months, one day after the Santa Ana winds had blown through and blown out all the pollution for a day or two, I went, wow, there's mountains. The air was thick with smog and fog and particulate matter. And with one, two small fixes, they cleaned up the air in a major way in California. Two, catalytic converters and putting those little condom things on uh, gas station hoses. And it cut down and really then causing and then really being a little more strict with factories in that area. And lo and behold, by a certain point, you could look up on almost any day and see the Hollywood sign. Was there still some smog? Yes. Was there still some fog? Yes. Was there still pollution? Yes. But not near as much as there was in the 70s. And what does that tell you, my friends? What does that tell you, children of the carn? It tells you we can do it. It tells you that when we have the proper leadership and the will, that we can tackle and solve any problem. In the 20th century, we tackled the problems of polio, tuberculosis, smallpox, malaria, scourges, syphilis, gonorrhea. We tackled those. In the 20th century, we tackled the scourge of HIV. We tackled them. And that was because people in charge put their energy toward solving those problems. And the populace at large supported that and worked towards it. And what do we got now? I ain't wearing no mask. This takes away my freedom. Freedom to what? I can still hear your ugly maw yapping. Don't take away your freedom. There used to be a sign, uh, you saw it on a lot of places. There's a sign still in a lot of restaurants and bars saying, we reserve the right to refuse anyone. This was so you could deal with a drunk, going, oh, you're throwing me out. Yeah, well, we reserve the right to refuse anyone. Without going, you're a drunk and a loud mouth and we're throwing you out. Knowing what I know about working in bars, nightclubs, restaurantes. There were signs that no shoes, no shirt, no service. Now, this was uh, what a lot of you uh, have forgotten about. This was a response to the, uh, the hippie movement of the 60s where uh, young people are going, well, let's just go barefoot and wear flowers in our hair and go topless and shirtless. And uh, it was a way to stop young people who had long hair and wore paisley from coming into your bar or your restaurant. No shoes, no shirt, no service. You notice that that no shoes thing really kind of went away after a few years, especially in beach communities on the East Coast and West Coast or in the summertime as people ran into stores. You know, we can tackle, we can solve any problem. We can endure. You know what I think was endurance today? This was so cool. Uh, Both my little grandkids came over. Now, we haven't seen our little granddaughter in months. They are strong believers in the social, in social distancing. Uh, They are strong practitioners. I get tired of people saying what I believe. Believe is based, is, is a conclusion based on no evidence. I believe. It is a conclusion based on no evidence. But they are strong practitioners. But we got the new cat. (laughs) Ray, not to be named the dumpster cat, who, by the way, we introduced to the world uh, Friday and is fine and healthy and wonderful and is bringing much joy and happiness to our home. 
So my little granddaughter came over. She was wearing a mask, and I wore a mask in my own house, and I kept my social distance. Did not hug my little granddaughter. Her and my little grandson played outside quite a bit where they could be distant and run around. But we found a way. We said, all right, for a short period of time, as long as everybody wear masks indoors and be socially distanced, even indoors, we can see one another. We made it work. We made it happen. And then I get to turn on my television and watch not just basketball, not just baseball, but also football and loved every minute of except for my Clippers choking. You know, man, I've been an L.A. Clippers fan for 20 years. I have watched them especially. I've watched them be an absolutely terrible team. And then I watched them be never a great team, but a pretty good team during the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era and watched them fall apart in the second round. Almost always falling apart in the second round due to injury. Due to injury to Griffin or Paul or somebody else or DeAndre or someone. And going, wow, this time they've blown two massive halftime leads to the Denver Nuggets and no one's injured. So are the Clippers really snake bit? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I still got to watch them and then flip over and look at football. Football's on right now. And I tell you what, there's some things that remain the same in America, pandemic or no. And that is, it appears that the Arizona Cardinals are getting their butts whipped by the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> but it's still on, and baseball's on too. And let me just say this about that. You know, there's a lot of people who I enjoy and like and listen to and associate with who have polar opposite opinions of me. Completely different. And a lot of, you know, can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you something. I own some Ted Nugent records, and I happen to think that uh, uh, Stranglehold is one of the best of a genre, a type of rock song ever made. It's stupid. It's loud. It's got the greatest hooks. It's got the greatest riffs. Stranglehold is a hot song. It is a hot song. His early song, Ted Nugent, the Amboy Duke's Journey to the Center Mine, was one of the great songs of the sort of silly psychedelic era. But it is a great song. And I think Ted Nugent's a damned idiot. I don't think he's got the brains God gave a donut. I think he's a loud mouth. I think he's rude, lewd, crude. I wouldn't want him at my dinner table on Thanksgiving at all. But I'm still going to listen to Stranglehold because it's a good tune. I'm still going to listen to Journey to Center of Mind because I bought that album when I was 12 years old and I've been loving it ever since. I'm not going to stop listening to Stranglehold or even turning it up a little bit when it's on a classic rock station in my car because Ted Nugent is an idiot. Matter of fact, he's kind of despicable. He's a bully. He's a punk. But those are great songs. So I'll listen to the songs, okay? To my point, if you have been a lifelong lover of football and all of a sudden, because... A lot of people who are playing football happen to support a movement that you don't agree with or happen to speak out against what they perceive to be, which is probably most likely 100% correct, social injustice and prejudice and racism. And that makes you go, that's it. I'm done with football. Man, I feel sorry for you. I actually do. I'm not going to put you down for it. I'm not going to yell at you and be mean and go, you're this and you're that. I just feel sorry for you. I just think it's sad, man. You know? I think it's sad that if you've been loving football your whole life or baseball your whole life, and just because 
uh, some or most of the players. Uh, you know, what I didn't like is there were players who decided not to kneel during the national anthem, decided to stand, and they got attacked. That's wrong. That's just as wrong as attacking the people who kneeled. It's just as wrong, man. But if you're going to let that control your life in that way, I feel sorry for you. Okay? Remember all of this about all the madness and craziness and worry and sorrow and strife you see right now. This too will pass. And if you keep your head about you, most likely you'll live to see it pass. Be careful out there. Live your life. Wear a mask. Be socially distant. All right? I mean, we're making some compromises. We're going to have some fun. A lot of you know that I partnered up with Jim Perry to open up JP's Comedy Club over in Gilbert, you know, and we're going to do socially distant shows. Jim has shown a lot of courage, a love of entertainment, an understanding that people still have to see other people, be near other people, come together in a communal way. It's important. But right now, there's a pandemic and a serious problem that is acknowledged by the President of the United States. He acknowledged it, that it is more deadly than even the most, quote, strenuous flu. This is in the air, Bob, not just the touch, the touch, you know, touching, you could just not touch. This is in the air. But we know that if we put less than 50% of the capacity of that club in there, and we require everyone to wear masks, that we should be able to present something that allows people to come together in a communal way. And that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm doing it. I'll be masked up. I'll be gloved up. I'll be hand washed up. I'll be hand sanitized up. You bet. You bet, buddy. You bet. But we're going to do it. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time, I'll be doing a free audit of my uh, stand-up comedy workshops at JP's Comedy Club uh, to register. Just, uh, you know what, just show up. And if we have room, and I'm only allowing like 20 people, 120-seat room for this workshop, uh, just show up. Just show up. We'll let you on. We'll let you in, okay? As long as you agree to wear your mask. As long as you agree to be uh, adhere to the six-foot rule, we're going to let you in, all right? And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday... I'm going to do five shows at JP's Comedy Club. All right? We're only going to sell like 40, 50 tickets tops. And if you agree, if you'll agree to be a decent person and wear your mask and agree to social distancing, we're going to let you in. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a real good time. By the way, um, you know what? If you are... um, there wasn't a COVID cough. There was a, a junk in here cough. If you uh, uh, would still like to do a workshop, but you uh, don't live in the greater Phoenix area, or if you're going, you know what? We're still not leaving the house, but I'd like to do this workshop. Tuesday night, there is a free comedy class at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Go to comedyschools.com uh, to register. Comedyschools.com to register. So we got all that stuff going on. There's baseball on. There's football on. There's basketball on. There might be professional wrestling on. There's a lot to look at. There's a lot to do. Got to walk the dog. Appreciate it. Raise, uh, raise, raise the dumpster cat. And now, what time is it? What time do we have, producer? 2.18. Uh, thank you, Lauren, for saying take the class. Uh, now, uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the music. Oh, you know what? I just wanted to show you this one thing. Usually, uh, around this time of day, we uh, show you some knick-knack or doodad or uh, we've got a wobbly table there that the uh, Facebook Live is being presented on. So, I apologize about the wobble, wobble, wobble. It's like I'm a little bobblehead. Oh! 
You like bobbleheads? Do you love bobbleheads? Do you like the wobble in that bobble? Well, I'm going to have a one-of-a-kind bobblehead available to you. And we're going to make it available Saturday night, September 19th, first show, JP's Comedy Club, where I'll be headlining. We're going to have a raffle, and one lucky person will get a rare, I'd say one-of-a-kind, but it's two-of-its-kind, because I don't have it two done, one I'm keeping for myself, because I'm selfish like that. <laughs> two of a kind you'll be the only person besides me to own a Tony Visick bobblehead this will be the first bobblehead Tony Visick bobblehead ever created they say there's nothing new on the face of the sun well there will be something new September 19th at the first show at JP's Comedy Club that's going to be a Tony Visick bobblehead one lucky person will win it you'll be able to take it home talk to it rub it love it touch it kiss it make it's little head bobble all right, now I'm getting weird. Now I'm getting weird. Sheesh, the QAnon people are going to come after me. By the way, does the Q in QAnon stand for queef? Uh, that's just a question that I have. Uh, so the thing I want to show you today is my, um, this is my lucky silver dollar. There it is. I don't know if you can make it out. That's 1923. This has sat on my desk for years and years and years. Now, I have better looking silver dollars. I have damn near untouched silver dollars. But I got it. And it's just my lucky silver dollar. And why do I collect silver dollars? Because I think they're cool. By the way, this is a dollar. This is still legal tender. Okay? You could go in and buy anything for a dollar with it. It's a good exchange. It is silver. It is all silver. I think there's very little, if anything else, besides silver in it. You know what it's worth on the open market? This, about whatever silver is going for right now. Okay, so I just want to give you a little heads up. Whenever, if you're thinking about investing, you got a couple extra bucks. Go, I'd like to buy gold, but gold is really expensive. You go, okay, I'll buy silver. Silver is never going up. Silver is not a rare mineral. Silver is everywhere. And they made so many damn silver dollars in the 19th century, a good part of the 20th century, that the only thing they're worth is the price of silver. Yes, there's a rare one, a misprinted one. It's like a stamp. Okay? So don't ever fall for that trap. Silver is the poor man's gold. No, silver is just silver. It's pretty neat. But they mined so much silver. You know the whole fight down in Tombstone, Wyatt Earp and the Clantons and all that? That was the miners against the ranchers. Earp and those guys were for the miners. Clanton's and those guys are for the ranchers. They were all a bunch of hired goddamn guns for the most part. That's why the guys that Earp was up against called themselves the cowboys. They were ranchers. Cattlemen. And they were seeing who would control that part of Arizona. And the ranchers won. You know why? The mine played out. Mine played out and the miners left. <coughs> and this, this dollar might have come uh, right from Tombstone. Who knows? Who knows? Might have come from the Denver Mint. So that's my little uh, knick-knack or doodad I got for you today. Uh, Angela Fox says, I have a bobblehead collection. I would love to add a toady to it, <coughs> but I can't go Lisai. You know what I might do uh, after this, the, uh, the hoopla, uh, the, uh, the energy that will be created behind uh, getting this bobblehead? I might devise. Matter of fact, I will. I'll do it in the next month or two. I'm announcing it here now. I'm announcing it to you. 
I might, I will. I promise. Then within the next couple months, I will create a different Tony Visick bobblehead and we'll create some sort of Facebook contest, Facebook Live contest, to let you, one of our loyal Facebook Live Living on a Thin Line listeners, win that second edition, once again, totally unique Tony Visick bobblehead. We're going to do that for you. We're going to do that for you, people. We're going to do it for you. We're going to do it for you. Speaking of a totally unique, uh, I have two albums to show you today. Uh, and, and you know what? They're the same guy. And I'm going to recommend these highly. Uh, the first one is a legendary album, one of the albums that began to change rock music in the mid-60s. Bob Dylan's Bringing It All Back Home. That is stunning. It is a stunning, stunning album. It is uh, Dylan switching over. Uh, there were three great albums he did in the mid-60s that changed American music dramatically. Three albums that Dylan did in the mid-60s that changed things uh, dramatically. And they were Blonde on Blonde, uh, bringing it all back home, and uh, uh, I forget the name of the third one. Uh, it's the one that had like a Rolling Stone on it. Uh, on this album, Subterranean Homesick Blues, She Belongs to Me, Maggie's Farm, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, It's All Right, My Moly Bleeding, and It's All Right Now, Baby Blue. These were the big monsters on this album. There were other songs as well. There was uh, Gates of Eden, which is a... a, a uh, a very cool tune. Uh, Outlaw Blues, uh, Love Minus Zero, No, no Limit. But Subterranean Homesick Blues. Uh, by the way, one of the first uh, music videos, what you would call a music video, was made by Dylan. And it was uh, Far Subterranean Homesick Blues. And Sim's standing there, iconically holding up um, the songs playing. And he's got lar large, large pieces of paper with the lyrics written on. As the lyric would go, he'd throw it away, throw it down. Throw it away. And standing behind him was uh, legendary Allen Ginsberg. One of the very first music videos that was made for Subterranean Homesick Blues. Uh, on the back here, we have pictures of... Uh, here, I'll show this to you. Who are these people? These are icons of the 60s. People that changed culture for the better. Joan Baez, uh, Allen Ginsberg are both on here. Dylan talking to reporters. Uh, it's really a stunning thing, a really stunning thing here. So uh, if you really want to check out uh, sort of uh, mid-20th century pop music and, and hear important, important pop music, you want to listen to uh, Bringing It All Back Home. You know, and that would have been enough. If you had just done that album, you'd have went, wow, what an incredible document, what an incredible piece of work. But not even quite 10 years later, he had changed dramatically. And this album, Desire, Sort of a twin to uh, Blood on the Tracks. Blood on the Tracks is the more celebrated of the two uh, early, mid-70s albums that Dylan put out. Desire, a stunning piece of work. On here, uh, of course, his uh, song that uh, uh, kind of rocketed him back to the forefront of pop music when he'd almost been washed to the wayside. Hurricane, story of Reuben Hurricane Carter. Great, great, great tune. Isis, Mozambique, One More Cup of Coffee, Oh Sister. On side two, Joey, Romance and Durango. Black Diamond Bay, Black Diamond Bay. Listen to Black Diamond Bay by Bob Dylan. It is one of the great story songs in the pop music, rock music, folk rock music canon. Telling the story of people living on a tiny island as a volcano explodes. Soldiers of fortune. People with odd predilections running from the law. 
Uh, a lot of people know uh, uh, Jerry Jeff, uh, I mean, Jimmy Buffett's, uh, 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 what is it? what's the name of that song? Some are running from lovers, some are running from the IRS. Uh, a lot of people know that uh, island song, or we know other island songs. By the way, chime in anytime when I can't remember something, if you know what the hell I'm talking about. Listen to Black Diamond Bay, YouTube that song. Listen to it. Great violin music by uh, Scarlett Rivera, who we've talked about before. This was part of his Rolling Thunder review, a crazy tour that he did across the country with a bus and a whole retinue of hanger-oners, excellent musicians, poets, agitators, ne'er-do-wells, holy men, shaman, all bumming around the country bringing music to the masses. Anyway, so today we did something a little rare where we brought you uh, two albums by the same guy, we are recommending uh, uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues and Black Diamond Bay, both by Dylan, both done about nine years apart. And you see the evolution, the maturity, the uh, deeper in the cut sort of uh, 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 transition that Dylan went through from writing the angry to the deeply personal, the angry to the empathetic. You begin to see that. You can see it clearly by listening to those two songs, uh, seeing the difference, okay? All right, we're going to wrap up for the day. I want to thank you very much for watching. I'll be back with you at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow night, I'm going to be at JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona with Class 1 of my comedy class. You can still join. Tuesday night, I'm going to be on Zoom. It's a webinar. Register. Come in. Hang out. Watch. Be with us. Be our friend. Then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I will be at J.P.'s Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona, as the inaugural headliner. Diane House is a good show. Say hi to all the critters. For Roscoe the Good, Cheek of the Crazy, Ray the Dumpster Cat, and my beautiful wife, who happens to be producer of the show, Shirley Lowe Visick. My name is Tony Visick. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Thanks for joining in. Shane Hicks, join in late. Come in early.